Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 321 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Bill Frieder episode? Hey, big Bill Frieder. Do you know who Bill Frieder is? <laughs> Not a clue. Okay, so Bill Frieder was the basketball coach at the University of Michigan. And he had made overtures about leaving Michigan to go to Arizona State. And this came out right before the NCAA tournament. And Bo Schembechler famously said, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him. And so Frieder gets canned right before the NCAA tournament. Steve Fisher takes over the team. And Michigan goes on to the championship game. Meanwhile, Bill Frieder then goes to Arizona State and has some success there, but then wound up seeing that success crumble a little bit when Arizona State was put on probation because of some of the reasons Bill had success. And he leaves with 321 career wins under his belt. You know, there's another Bill in uh, our day of history today, Bill Lambeer's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to the former Irish star and piston slugger. Uh, Cavaliers for a while? Mm. Was he with Cleveland? I don't I don't think so. He no? might have been at the end of his career. Okay. Um, Is he I, still a coach I in the WNBA? He's still coaching in the WNBA. Okay. Let me take care of an encouraging tweet at oh. Sportsyak with two Ks. Dwayne writes, good episode with the commish. Enjoyed his comments on many subjects. Some good insight on where he stands. I thought it went well. I, I thought... The nice thing I think it is for our audience is, unfortunately, there are not a lot of outlets up here for the commissioner of the IHSAA to be on and to be asked the kind of questions that fans want to ask him. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was good about taking the questions that we asked. Even when we said they were from fans, I don't think he was uh, demeaning or condescending in any way. You may disagree with his opinion, and quite frankly, I disagreed with a couple of his opinions. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, I think he's still trying to act in the best interest 
for 99% of the student-athletes out there. I know there are going to be people that you know, say, well, it doesn't work for me, and there are exceptions, but I think by and large the IHSA does its best to help schools and student-athletes. When you uh, reached out for an interview, did you have to explain who we were and what we were doing? No, they know who I am. Oh, okay. There. So they just went on your name, not the... I, I'm not trying to big-time you, but yes, I, I believe... <laughs> You know, it's a podcast featuring... Uh, he seemed fine with it. It's the odd couple of audio. He spent a half hour with us, didn't he? Sure he sure did. He sure did. There are a lot of people that wouldn't put up with us for a half hour. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but... Somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Let's get after. Man, we've got so much to cover today. (laughs) Not only sports, but just, you know, our one hit wonder championship is well underway. We'll probably. Have a winner here in another 45 minutes as we record this for Afternoon Delight, uh, making a, a another notch in their belt, and then we release the new pole today. Is that like releasing the Kraken? Release the Kraken! Starsky! Or no, Hutch. Hutch versus Carl! Yes. That comes later in the program. Let's get after it. Baseball! Turnbull sets. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! History! Spencer Turnbull has become the sixth Tiger pitcher to throw the eighth no-hitter in franchise history. His teammates burst out of the dugout and mob him at the mound. How about it? How about the slew of no-hitters that were seen in Major League Baseball this year? Spencer Turnbull, when I read this morning that he wasn't feeling well leaving the bullpen, it reminded me of the Kerry Wood 20-strikeout game. Because Kerry Wood said he had a terrible bullpen session that day. Didn't really feel that great as he went to the mound. It was a cold, drizzly day. And then he winds up throwing one of the best baseball games in Major League history. And Spencer Turnbull last night says when he left the bullpen mound for the walk-in to the dugout, he says just didn't feel good. But, you know, he knew they were counting on him. So he goes out to the mound and spins a no-hitter last night against the Seattle Mariners, 5-0 the final. That is the fifth no-hitter already this Major League season. You would have to go back to the days of Hippo Vaughn and 1917 to see the last time that there have been five no-hitters in a baseball season by mid-May. I think it speaks to two things Corey, I think it speaks to the fact of the velocity and movement that pitchers are able to throw with these days. And I think it speaks to the fact that hitters are less worried about making any contact and more concerned about that big contact where they can drive the ball and hit home runs. That's what the game has become. I think my new favorite part of a Cubs broadcast is when they let us know who's got the open pitch, but then they show us his track record in the square of where this guy throws his stuff and what percentage he has. Kinda, what percentage this is what you're going to look pitch. for tonight. Yes. I actually appreciate that quite a bit. 
Well, and I'm not sure I'm not as familiar with Spencer Turnbull as I am some other pitchers. Sure. So I'm not sure exactly what he has in his repertoire, but it was all working last night against the Mariners out in Seattle. So uh, can you grade the announcer on his uh, call? I like Dan Dickerson. Uh, Last night's call in particular. Yeah. In fact, uh, I don't know if we have that handy or not. For the oh, I'm going to put it in there. To. Yeah. What but grade do you give him? I would give it a B. I thought he tried to cram a little too much information in there. He's the sixth Tigers pitcher with eight no-hitters, and it's there's a lot of numbers there. There was a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Just Is that the radio play-by-play? That's the radio play-by-play. Okay. But All then, right. But then I think talking about how the teammates were mobbing him and and the general joy that was coming through and you could tell the excitement for him even though he's in Detroit calling this yeah so he could have done a little bit better with the Nat sound too in my opinion I mean it seems like it sounded like he was in Detroit while they in well, Seattle and that's that's more about the engineer yeah get the field mic down there a little bit closer to the action for those 16 fans that went to that game well each state is doing their own thing. Cubs uh, Cubs go up to 60% capacity here pretty soon. Nice. And the White Sox will as well. I saw the other night the Cubs had a vaccinated-only section in the center field bleachers. Trust me, having been around people who have sat in the bleachers before, they should have done a vaccinated-only section long ago. <laughs> Can you imagine being <laughs> Tracy Morgan coming out of his coma a few years ago and turning on, like, the Cubs game and just seeing it without any explanation or context. Yeah. Like, what is going on? There's 17 people in that game. <laughs> Speaking of the Cubs. They played well last night, and they pick up their third straight win as David Bodie and Ian Happ homer. Bodie had the uh, go-ahead homer, and the Cubs beat the Nationals 6-3. It's been quite the week at Wrigley Field with the return of John Lester, Kyle Schwarber, even Starlin Castro uh, getting some love from the Cub fans, even though he's been gone since 2015. But the the emotional return of Schwarber and Lester, two of the more beloved members of that 2016 World Series team, and it was funny. So they gave Schwarber a nice video montage on the screen Monday night, and they gave him a, a 12 from the scoreboard since he wears number 12. They gave Lester a W flag autographed by everybody. Two seats from Wrigley Field. I don't know, brand new car, whatever. It, it, somebody, Did it seem a little lopsided? Somebody, somebody put the two side by side last night and said, "My Christmas gift, my sister's <laughs> Christmas gift." I did enjoy the uh, pile of candy Chris Bryant left out in left field for uh, Schwarber. I, I thought that was very comical. Yeah, that, oh, oh, they had a lot of fun with it. Lester's first uh, at bat on Monday night. He pulls one sharply down the right field line. Then he points down to Rizzo. And then he smacks a hard ground ball right at Rizzo. And Rizzo doesn't even budge. He's just able to field it and flip it to the pitcher. And Lester says, I hate you. <laughs> I saw I that. I hate you. I hate you. That's good stuff. <laughs> so they've had a lot of fun with it. it it's good to see those guys back. They cuffed Lester around pretty well, though. They hit three homers off of him. Mm-hmm. Jason Hayward, Wilson Contreras, and Javi Baez all went deep in that game. I'll tell you the unsung hero of this series so far has been the Cubs' bullpen. Cubs' bullpen has done a pretty good job in this series. 
uh, coming in and putting out fires and getting through things. And so they've won two in a row. They're over 500 now. They're 21 and 20, two and a half behind the Cardinals. And it's good to see the Cubs playing some quality baseball. Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox, Corey. Because I know you have questions about what's going on <laughs> wow. with the White Sox. Wow. So let's set the stage. Monday night, the White Sox are winning 15-4. to The Minnesota Twins, in order to try to save their bullpen a little bit and not use pitchers in meaningless activity, bring in a position player, their first baseman, to pitch. He is behind on the count to your mean Mercedes 3-0. Here's some background on your mean Mercedes. He spent 10 years in the minor leagues. In, he got signed by the Washington Nationals in 2011. They had him in the minor leagues for three years. He went down and played in the Mexican League in 2014 to try to salvage his career. Had a good year. Baltimore picked him up. They had him for about three years. The White Sox obtained him in 2018. They had him in the minors for about three years. Finally, he comes up this year, and he starts off 8-for-8 eight eight and becomes kind of the cause celeb. He leads the American League in batting, but here's a rookie who has spent 10 years in the minor leagues. So what is your mean Mercedes paid to do? Hit. He's paid to hit. The Yerminator. And so a 3-0 pitch comes in, and the first baseman for the Minnesota Twins, because it's 3-0 and he doesn't think your mean's going to be swinging, lobs in a 47-mile-an-hour pitch. It looks like something I would throw to my son in catch in the backyard, yeah. which is about what I could do. Lobs it in at 47 miles an hour. And Mercedes hits it 409 feet for a home run. Before we get into the whole whether that was the right thing to do or not. Mm -hmm. It's the slowest pitch that's been hit for a home run since Major League Baseball has been doing this stat cast thing where they keep track of that stuff. Yeah. And think of the, by the way, it also left the yard at 108 miles an hour. <laughs> Lobbed in at 47, left at 108. So think of the power that Mercedes had to generate on this. But because the White Sox were up by 11, because it was a 3-0 pitch, Tony La Russa had a problem with this. He had, according to Tony, he had not only verbally given the take sign to Yermin, but had Joe McEwing, the third base coach, give the take sign to Yermin. And Yermin didn't take the take sign. He swung. So that, that bothered Tony and the fact that he was swinging at a 3-0 pitch in a game where they were up by 11 bothered Tony. I remind you, your mean Mercedes is paid to hit. He will not be eligible for arbitration for about three or four years. He has to go on a rookie contract right now and compile whatever stats he can compile over the next three or four years so that when he goes to arbitration... He can make money. He is paid to hit. There is nothing wrong with what your mean Mercedes did. And Tony La Russa, you're 76 years old, and 
you should be out of baseball. Here's the other thing that Tony La Russa did that really, really bothers me. And I'm not even a White Sox fan. But you can hear probably that I'm getting worked up about this. And I I hope you don't wind up having to beat me on this <laughs> as I get worked up. <laughs> then, so last night, the Twins are playing the White Sox. And the Twins throw behind your mean Mercedes intentionally their pitcher gets ejected from the game tony la Russa after the game says yeah i was okay with that so you're okay because your player did what he is paid to do by your organization you're okay with the other team throwing a 90 mile an hour pitch in his vicinity not to throw a strike or anything but intentionally throwing it to behind his back. You're okay with that. You're okay with them throwing at your own players. I can't see how this goes over well within the White Sox clubhouse. And to be honest, the White Sox players like Tim Anderson, who's kind of the leader of that team, mm-hmm. have come out on social media and said to your mean you keep being you. Yeah. You've, other, been, you've been brought in to do a very specific job. You do that job. Other players around the league have come out and said, there's nothing wrong with what he did. It seems that the only people who have a, a problem with what your mean Mercedes did was Rocco Baldelli, the Twins manager. Okay. You know what? If you have a problem with what your mean Mercedes did, here's a thought. Get him out. Have your pitchers be good enough to get him out. Oh, and Tony La Russa, who I think in the future on this show will be referred to as Grandpa Simpson. Because (laughs) that's kind of the arcane mentality that he's bringing. We're kind of getting a a regular weekly story about this guy doing, like... What was it? Wasn't it just a week ago? I didn't know the rule. Right. So here's what we've here's what we've learned here, Corey. Tony Larusa has a better grasp, apparently, on the unwritten rules of baseball than he does the written rules of baseball, mm. or at least in his mind, he does. Not a fan. Well, not of these actions. Who? What coach? Or what manager? says to a player on his own team, I don't have your back. Let them throw at you. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would go over in any other clubhouse? Like if David Ross says, no, go ahead and throw it, Rizzo. That's fine. And didn't a player get clocked in the face last night or the night before? Night before, one of the Mets got a fastball to the face. Now, Pitches get away from pitchers. Yeah. I mean, that was not an intentional thing. But this act last night clearly was. The Twins were clearly throwing at your mean Mercedes to Mm. send a message. And I understand that's the way baseball somewhat polices itself. However, the reason that they were throwing at your mean Mercedes is he hit a home run against them. Well, how about getting him out? That's a novel thought. 
Now, obviously, they did. They came back and won the game 5-4, so they got enough outs. But I just I do not understand the logic going through Tony LaRusso's head. It reeks of, well, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah, it does. And what what's funny about that is the White Sox slogan for 2021 is, change the game. <laughs> oh, no. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, change the game, but we're going to bring in this guy. Ah. Exactly. Oh, but I need my pills. That's, ugh. So it will be interesting to see how the White Sox sort themselves out from this going forward. Mm. Because I can't imagine this goes over well in the clubhouse. And so, are, and the White Sox are playing well. They've got a two-and-a-half game lead in the AL Central. But anybody who thinks they're winning because of Tony La Russa and not in spite of him right now, <laughs> I just don't see that happening. Let's head out to the West Coast. The Trout is out. Yeah, this is a blow for the game of baseball. Mike Trout, the biggest star in the game, is out six to eight weeks with a calf injury. And he's had uh, a little bit of injury problem before in his career, but, I mean, this is this guy is without question the best player in the game today. And without him, there's really not much reason to watch the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You know, they, they've dispatched Albert Pujols. He's now with the Dodgers. Uh, they do have Justin Upton, who has over 300 career home runs. But Trout is one of those electric players that any night he can do something at the plate, on the bases, in the field that will just make you say, wow. And he sells tickets. Exactly. He is one of the few players in the game where you might buy a ticket to go see that visiting player play. Yeah. Most of us, we buy tickets because, well, we want to see the home team. You know, if, if you're a Cub fan, you want to go to Wrigley, you want to see the Cubs. Who are they playing? Uh, it really doesn't matter all that much. You might get fired up for Cubs-Cardinals or Cubs-White Sox. I tend to avoid those series because I think they're a little more rambunctious in the stands than yeah. what I want to put my family through. But most of the time, it's like, let's just go see the home team. But he's one guy where it's like, oh, the Angels are coming to town? I'm, I might want to be able to say I saw Mike Trout play in person. I actually did that one time. Cubs against uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. I went and sat where he played. Sat out in that part of the outfield. So I could say I saw him. Right. But there are not that many players with that kind of star power in Major League Baseball. Agreed. It's even tougher when you want to see a particular pitcher and it's like, he might be playing tonight, he might not. You know, does he get the start? Like, uh, I immediately think of the guy up in uh, Milwaukee that everybody loves. Who's the uh, pitcher up there? Who's the, uh, or is he not a pitcher? Got long hair. Is he anything anymore? Oh, well, Hater is the reliever. But that's the thing. If you want to see a great reliever, yeah, you don't necessarily know if he's going to pitch in They're that gonna game. Give him the, you might yeah. be able to figure out a starter. Like, I know back a few years ago when Arietta was really hot. Yeah. It was like, yeah, can we work it out so we figure out a 
a day that Jake Arrieta is pitching, that and day. you go see him. Yeah. Okay. NBA last night, the Pacers keep their season alive with a 144-117 win over Charlotte. And the reason I chuckle is because about mid-afternoon yesterday, the Pacers put out a tweet with who wasn't playing in the game. You know, they they kind of released their injury report. Okay. And I took a look at that injury report, and I thought, who's left? <laughs> because <laughs> Karis Levert, who has been phenomenal down the stretch for them, was out for an health and safety protocols, as they called it, which most people think of as COVID, but it, I guess it doesn't have to necessarily be that. Uh, they also had Malcolm Brogdon, another one of their fine guards. He was out. Then, uh, let's see, who else? I, they listed about seven or eight players. Yeah, here it is. Brogdon, questionable right hamstring. Holiday, questionable right toe. Lamb, out left knee. Levert, out health and safety protocols. Sabonis, questionable left quad. Sumner, questionable left knee. Turner, out right toe. Warren, out left foot. And wasn't this an important game? Yeah, it's a playing game. If you lose, your season's over. Boy, that's interesting. So, <laughs> fortunately, Sabonis, who was questionable with that left quad, played. He had a double-double. And Doug McDermott, who was a big deal when he came out of Creighton, and everybody treated him like the next great white hope of the NBA, came out and scored, I believe, 16 points in the first quarter. And the Pacers went on to this 144-117 win over the Charlotte Hornets. And so now the Pacers will play the Washington Wizards on Wednesday with the winner getting the eighth seed in the NBA playoffs. The Wizards lost to Boston last night, 118-100. Jason Tatum put a 50-burger on him. I'm sorry, a 50-burger? He scored 50 points. (laughs) Well done. So, indeed it was. That's the best I can do. And Brad Stevens' team now the seventh seed in the East tonight. Who's going to win this whole thing? Who's going to win the NBA championship? Boy, I I think I saw saw Philadelphia on a uh, bracket. I think there are some people who like the Sixers. I think a lot of people think if Brooklyn can keep everybody healthy with Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. That's the team. That they're the team to beat. Okay. The interesting matchup tonight is out in the Western Conference. The 7-8 game, so the winner of this will be the 7th seed. LeBron and the Lakers versus Steph and Golden State. Mm. Was that a nice 11 o'clock tip-off for us? You know, uh, <laughs> that's that's worth checking, but I'm sure that's the late game of the yeah. TNT doubleheader. So it's probably about a 9 o'clock tip-off, which, I mean, 11-9, it doesn't matter for you and me. Oh. We are. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're doing <laughs> at that hour right there. I think, I think I got through three innings last night. That's, that's about as good as I can do. So, yeah, that's the 10 o'clock start mm. Eastern time. That's preceded by San Antonio and Memphis, and that's a um, the loser is out game. Okay. So that's what's going on in the NBA. College basketball, boy, this to me this is a get-the-popcorn kind of story. Dino Gaudio was a coach at Wake Forest, head coach at Wake Forest. Didn't go well for him there. He winds up being uh, an analyst at ESPN for, I don't know, about 
five or six years, he might have done some games here at Notre Dame. And last year, he becomes an assistant coach to Chris Mack at Louisville. And yesterday, Dino Gaudio was arrested. And you're thinking, oh, DUI, you know. Oh, no, it's federal extortion charges. He went to the fine folks at the University of Louisville and said, you got all kinds of illegal things you're doing in this program, and I'm going to blow the whistle on it unless you give me 18 months' salary. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, Dino did this on in a meeting apparently in mid-March. Then, here's his mistake. He texted one of the videos that was apparently illegal that they were using in recruiting to a Louisville administrator with that demand. And he texted it from not it being in Kentucky. Therefore, he sent material across state lines, and that's when the feds got involved and said, that's extortion. Now, never mind the fact that Dino apparently has evidence. He has the goods. Where's the NCAA? Uh, well, we can't be bothered with such things. We're, we're busy. A follow-up question. Why a year and a half in salary? What kind of random? Well, I think that might have been the duration of his contract. Oh, okay. He knew he was going to be canned because of this. But I want to get paid. But I want my pay. Okay. So that that would make sense. Okay. Notre Dame football learns that it's opener against Florida State. This should not surprise anybody. It had already been set for Sunday, September 5th. Well, why would you set a game for Sunday? It's the only game that day. Do you think that the networks are just going to ignore it and show badminton? Of course they're going to show it in prime time on ABC against the Seminoles. Should be a very interesting game. Uh, Florida State has had a lot of transfer players come in this year. We talked about IU uh, the other day. Yeah, that USC kid. Having Mm -hmm. all these transfers come in. Well, Florida State's had a bunch of transfers come in too. So how can they fit them into the system? How will they adapt? And, of course, Notre Dame with a lot of question marks going into the season regarding uh, new quarterback, more than likely being Jack Cohn, and then what will the offense look like with the revised offensive line. So should be interesting on Sunday, September 5th, but officially announced yesterday that's a primetime game. The Irish also officially announcing that they will be going digital for all tickets in the future, which given what we've seen through the pandemic in 2020 shouldn't surprise anybody it's no. it's trying to eliminate points of contact and germs and things you know like anybody that. over in the marketing department over there yeah i know people i got an idea for a t-shirt a fan t-shirt let it be cone heads well you know the backup quarterback drew pine so you've got pine and cone battling for the quarterback job oh the pine cone battle yes i like that i like that and of course the battle for the quarterback position in evergreen at nerd <laughs> uh, lots of high school news over the last couple of days uh, the northern indiana conference has had a 
great race this year between Penn and New Prairie in baseball. And the other night, Penn turns a triple play in the third inning. New Prairie has runners at first and second with nobody out. Line drive hit towards left field. The left fielder makes a diving catch. The runners hit straight, thinking the ball was going to get in. Left fielder pops up, throws to second for the force, and then they throw to first for another, and that's the triple play. The Kingsmen still trailed 5-4 going to the bottom of the seventh, but Ben Gregory steps up with a big two-run single. They win it 6-5. New Prairie still has not beaten Penn in baseball since 1988. And the Kingsmen take another NIC title under the tutelage of Greg Dykus. So Penn prevailed in that one. On the same night over at New Prairie, New Prairie's softball team kind of turns the tables on Penn. Penn came in as the dominant team in the NIC. New Prairie has a coach in Derek Hicks who has won national championships with senior league teams that play in like little league competition. Okay. Senior league and big league teams. And he loves to bunt. And so with runners at second and third, he has his girl lay down a bunt. Two runs score. And New Prairie beats Penn by a count of five to four to kind of upset the apple cart there. Penn's still in command of the NIC softball race. We also saw the other night Sergio Lira Ayala of Northwood belt a couple of home runs uh, as the Panthers pound Plymouth 18-6. to Northwood just a win away from a Northern Lakes Conference title. If they can prevail today, I believe they play Goshen. Northridge is right on their heels. Also in high school sports, Fairfield softball team wins the Northeast Corner Conference Championship yesterday as they pounded Westview. Westview did not throw its best pitcher in that game, and the Falcons took advantage of it with a convincing victory, so congratulations to them. And also, last night, girls track sectionals. I love track and field. I don't know if you've ever been to a meet, but I just think they're fun to watch. And there's some quality athletes in this area. Penn and Warsaw picked up titles last night. Penn has a young woman by the name of Nicole Marshall. She is the co-MVP of the Northern Indiana Conference. She won the 400, the 800, and participated on the 4x400 and 4x800 relays, and Penn won both of those events. So she walked away with four first places in that meet to help spark the Kingsmen to the Mishawaka sectional title. Warsaw was able to hold off Northridge and Elkhart and win the Warsaw sectional title. So that's right. kind of a, a wrap-up of high school sports over the past couple of days. Chuck, we have breaking news on Twitter. We do. Steve Stone has just tweeted, he's lost his blue check. I saw that. I wonder if he's lost it, but somehow you'll gain it. One can only hope, although I don't wish any ill upon the Stone Pony. I mean, you know, let Stoney have his blue check mark. Let me have mine. That's right. That's, I think that would be fair. I'm going to call it, I'm going to be like NBC during an election Skyrockets in flight. Boo! Afternoon delight is running away with the voting on the poll that's 36 minutes away from closing. So we've had two runaway winners so far. 
uh, because our first matchup, which was Don't You Forget About Me mm-hmm. against uh, Black Velvet, Don't You Forget About Me, basically had about an 80-20 win despite the vote of the commissioner. <laughs> and and now Afternoon Delight is sailing on to victory. We've already uh, jumped the gun, though, and tweeted the next poll. This is at Sports Yak with two Ks. Of course, if you follow Chuck, he's retweeted myself as well. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas versus da- actor David Soul. Don't give up on us. Currently, Kung Fu Fighting, Karate Chopping, Hutch. Remember, you're voting on the song, not the music videos that we attach to it <laughs> or the quality of the music videos. <laughs> because let me tell you, the David Soul one looks like it was shot at an Olin Mills somewhere. <laughs> the, uh, the Carl Douglas video looks like it was shot, not American Bandstand, not Soul Drain, like not even Solid Gold, no, like no. some sort of Pennsylvania solid cable <laughs> access. Let's get a couple people together. He's got a uh, he's got an autograph thing at a local karate uh, place, but we can get him in here to do the song. Uh, he says he won't sing it, so we just need to play it, and he'll lip sync. Uh, make sure he actually can hear the song. Apparently he can't. It's a little off. By the way, I just want to forewarn the Yak listeners. There's a song called Jump. It might even be in tomorrow's. Yeah. Uh, Crisscross, the, the rappers. Yeah. It is not the Van Halen jump. No. Nope. They've been on the charts more than once. Yes. These yep. are one-hit wonders. So just don't think that you're when you see Jump, it's not the 1984 (laughs) album it's not van halen you're not voting for that song once again these are all number one bona fide hits someone's like oh i wish safety dance would have been on there well first of all no you don't and secondly (laughs) that song was never number one i couldn't change the channel quick enough back in the day when that video or song came on it is the worst Oh, it's not the worst. It is, Jerry. No. It's the no, worst. We went over that in like episode 47 or something like that, what the worst song is. You want to end on an underrated, overrated? Oh, we usually do, so why should we be any different? From Twitter, ladies first, Sandra Bullock, overrated or underrated? Ooh. I would say maybe slightly overrated. I mean, she was superb in Miss Congeniality. I'll give you no question about that. In Speed, she's good, but I don't think she's really what makes that movie. That was a little more eye candy than acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other than Miss Congeniality, can you think of a, a movie where Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. was the key to the movie where she was the one who moved the needle? I love uh, a little movie called The Proposal, where she's a Canadian she's about to get deported but uh, Ryan Reynolds steps in and mm-hmm. does a fake marriage I like that one uh, I loved I loved Gravity I know a lot of people have with that I thought that was a good movie I wish Ocean's 8 would have been better I love me a great heist movie but that one just didn't yeah that's the thing and in in the last two movies you've talked about she's not I mean she's the female lead but she's not really the lead mm-hmm. I mean Gravity is is Brad Pitt, right? Uh, no, it was her. 
Uh, oh. George Clooney is what in it. What movie am I thinking of? Oh, am I thinking of The Martian? Uh, well, what? there's one called Ad Astra okay, that Brad was in. Matt that, Damon was in The Martian. Okay. Uh, Blindside. Uh, Bird Box on Netflix. I thought that was good. Blindside, she she is good. But again, I think the story mm-hmm. makes that movie. You could have substituted a lot of different actresses in for her character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Star power. I, I'm going to go slightly overrated as well. Slightly, slightly overrated. And then uh, who was the other one that you had? I give you the name Michael Keaton. Actor Michael Keaton. Overrated or underrated? You know what? Boy, there was a time that I would have said underrated. I think he's got some terrific comedic chops that didn't get used enough. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of tried to branch into dramatic roles. And I think he wound up maybe being down the middle. Okay. I was considering down the middle earlier this morning. If you've never seen The Founder, the McDonald's story, yeah. I think he did a great job in that. Oscar-winning Birdman, that's an acquired taste. Mr. Mom is... Mr. Mom is... Mr. Mom and a little unknown movie back then also called Night Shift. With yes. Henry Winkler. Exactly. Is hilarious. And that's where I'm talking about the comedic chops. I mean, he was churning out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he can do a little bit of slapstick, but he's just, to me, he's funny. Yep. Uh, so Batman, when they, Beetlejuice. But when he went from when he went from Beetlejuice and Mr. Mom and Night Shift to Batman. Yeah. It's like, how's he gonna? And he was, he was okay as Batman, but. I had problems watching that and thinking, I'm. when's Michael Keaton going to be funny? Yeah, when's the humor going to kick in? Yeah. There's also a little uh, movie that didn't do awesome called The Paper, where he's a newspaper manager. That's well, a pretty good movie. Newspapers aren't doing awesome either. So you know. Well, it's a period piece. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Mr. Mom, though, if you're going to see a Michael Keaton movie, oh, you've got to go Mr. Question. Mom. Um. Yeah, that's, that's. I don't know where you even is that on things like Netflix or Hulu. Do they have movies? You'd have to look of it up. that era. You have to look it up. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Where do I see Mister Mom right now? First place I would probably go to is because it's probably going to be cheap. I'd go to I buy movies on Apple to stream. Oh yeah, I'd go there. Okay, but I would check for free Netflix, Hulu. Oh, trust Amazon. me, I'm a sportscaster. I always check for free. <laughs> Now, Chuck, we've been doing a lot of talking. You're on Twitter, right? I am, without a blue check mark, at 46 Sports. Well, today might be your day. Sports Yak with two Ks. Please vote and vote often on our One Hit Wonder Championship. Share it with people so they have the pleasure yeah. of voting, too. Give a retweet. Help us promote this bad boy. I'm on Twitter at my name is Corey. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Bill Frieder, you cheater. Sounds like Fritos. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.